welcome to the Rise Rooted Podcast. If you're a mom who feels like you've lost yourself along the way, you have landed in the right spot. I'm your host, Katherine Middlebrooks, founder of BRB Yoga and postpartum health expert who has helped thousands of moms rebuild their bodies after baby. Each week, join me and my guests as we explore ways to create health in mind and body so that you can live a life you love. Welcome back to Rise Rooted. Today, I'm having a conversation with my good friend, Lane Clark. Now, this episode is really for any of you who have been wanting to spend more time out in nature with your kids, but maybe feel a little bit overwhelmed by it. Both Lane and I make it a priority to get out for long periods of time, very regularly, with our kids out in nature. We do this, yes, for our kids, but really, we do it for ourselves. Because as you'll see in the conversation, we get as much, if not more, out of it than the kids do. We share all about the benefits that we receive from these nature adventures, the practical tips of what you need to bring with you when you do it, and some mindset shifts that can help make the whole process a little bit smoother. Before I dive into the conversation, let me just share a little bit about Lane. Lane Clark, owner and CEO of Lane Clark Consulting, is a space-holding, community-building, team-operating right-hand woman to high-performance female CEOs. She is the mother to two wild daughters, and together they spend their time traveling, running wild in the woods, reading, homeschooling, and sipping tea. And if spending more time in nature is a topic that you are interested in, I really encourage you to follow Lane on Instagram. Her handle is at Liz.Lemonade. She does such a great job of documenting the beautiful adventures that she has with her daughter, and it will absolutely serve as an inspiration for you to get out more. Let's dive into the conversation. All right. So, Lane, I wanted to have you on because you and I both will often go out into nature for hours on end Mm -hmm. with our children. Yes. And sure, we do it for our kids, but if we're really being honest, you and I both know that we're doing it more for ourselves. That's true. And I think, you know, talking to you over the years, we both get just a lot of personal value out of this. And so it's something that for me really helps me as a mother and as a woman. So today, I just want to take some time and talk about what these sorts of experiences give us as women, as mothers, and how to do it practically, because it may seem overwhelming to many people, but really, when it comes down to it, it just isn't that hard as long as you do a little prep before it. So does that sound good? Sounds great. Let's talk about it. Awesome. Okay, so first, tell me a little bit about what this looks like for you. Because I think we were just talking before we hopped on, and we were very different people. Yes. And we love each other very much, but I think yes. we probably do this differently. So what does it look like for you? Yeah. Um, so where I live and where I'm from, I've moved back to my hometown a couple of years ago, is in the northern peninsula of Michigan. And um, why I mentioned that first is because summer is a very brief period. And winter is it's, very long. Is very long. So we have officially had um, eight months in a row that had snow in them um, that were just, and that, you know, that 
the last one was a few days ago. So for me, it looks like planning for warmth above all, um, planning for the weather, looking week ahead, looking at the 10 day forecast. And if particularly in the non um, summer months thinking, okay, literally a week from today, looks like 35 degrees and sunny and a beautiful winter day, clearing my schedule, not saying yes to other engagements, um, not, not working as much on that day and planning to be outside until the sun is gone. So it's a weather component. It's planning ahead and it's sort of detaching from any expectations of what this day will look like. So I think where some people get tripped up is, okay, they have their kids in all the gear, which is a feat in itself. They've packed the snacks, which I will say are very important. Very. We'll talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) You can't, you can't say enough about it. We'll talk all about the, like all the stuff that you need. Cause there is once you've done, you know, say filled your, your backpack with the stuff. Um, people are kind of picturing this really uh, dreamy Instagram version of childhood and parenting frolic through the woods. There are always moments of that. Always is a strong word. There are almost always moments of that, but there's also whining. There's also someone's mitten feels weird. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that can be, that can really throw people off. So when I'm planning our day out, or even if I decided that morning and we're just throwing it together last minute, I have to decide that the point is the adventure, not the, you know, picturesque, perfect family day. It's not going to happen. As soon as you sort of release that, you're opening yourself up to a lot more enjoyment um, of the whole experience and less expectations on your kids. I 100% agree with that. And I, I, I think this was where I got it wrong at the beginning because we really started doing this in the RV where we were traveling to all these places. And so, you know, Paul would be working for a day and I was like, all right, let's go. We're going to go all day to this place. And if you go thinking I'm going to get a hike in, I'm going to get my exercise. That's not what this is. We're going to make it to this destination. Mm -hmm. You inevitably will be disappointed. You will feel like you haven't reached your, you know, quote unquote goals. It's, it is like you are stepping into an experience with the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They do in some ways drive kind of the pace, I think. Yes. The pace and like where it goes because very often we'd be like, okay, I'm going, we're going on this hike. We would literally get like 20 feet in and they would see rocks and sticks and they'd want to make a fairy house. Absolutely. And I could totally squash that exciting idea for them and say, no, let's keep going. Or I could say, yeah, okay, let's hang out here and make a fairy house for a while. And In the parking lot of where you just drove to. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you do that, that I find is when it really becomes such an easier day. <laughs> because yeah. it's like you have to drop your agenda mm-hmm. so that it is – you and your kids, mainly your kids, are kind of co-creating the day together, right? Yeah. And I would also say I try to view it, and I have, to, to be transparent, absolutely made the mistake of having my own agenda. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and saying, like, this is a route I really want to hike. This is a view I want to get to. Um, and and pushing it in a way that made the experience not as enjoyable for us. Um 
But in general, how I try to look at it is I'm not their teacher. I am not in charge. I am the leader. So, you know, by being the leader, that means I'm in charge of where we maybe arrive to or I might have a destination point in mind because sometimes they don't get distracted or they want to keep going or, you know, and and I have safety in mind and those kind of things. But I'm not the teacher. You're the Sherpa. (laughs) Yeah, I am totally the Sherpa. Oh, I want that outfit. Because it looks warm is what I'm saying. But I, I I have to view it that way because through their eyes, then they actually don't push back as much when I might suggest something. So it actually kind of gives you a little more um, input when they're looking for it if you aren't always directing them. So if they get distracted by a beach and they want to stop and they would ever, and then I kind of let that happen for a while. If, if I sort of follow their vibe and let it play out and I say, Hey, do you guys want to go check this out over here? They're way more likely to respond to that. Um, than if I was like, and next stop is this and find an oak leaf. And then you must discover this. Right. They don't, they don't want to do that. You have two minutes to build the ferry house and then we must continue on the route. Absolutely. Right. There is, there's like a flow that you, and, and I think that's part of like tapping into the pace of your kids mm-hmm. is that they are on a different time schedule than adults. They don't have the sense of time at all, really, but they don't have our sense of time. And so I keep using the fairy house, but as they do it, you can also see, okay, now it's kind of coming to a close. And now is a great time to say like, hey, maybe we'll find something cool further down the line. And so not forcing it. Mm -hmm. I like to think of it like tiny agenda. I have a tiny agenda of where we're going to go, what we might see, but also being really fluid in what can evolve from that. And I think the point you made earlier should be highlighted that, you know, as a parent, a mom in particular, parents in general, but moms specifically, there is really uh, no end to the the demands on your time. And so it can be really hard to, to slow down to that pace. And it can be really tempting to consider this multitasking, like, okay, I'll be also working out. I I get that. I get that desire to like use your time for multiple um, things that, that might fill your needs, but it's, it's setting yourself up to fail. I think what you have to try to do is look at what need this is filling. You might not have known you have. I mean, that's how I feel. I'm a very structured person. I don't just, Oh, we'll just see what happens. That's like not my nature, but that is literally how children exist. Right. So I, so for me, it's like, this isn't going to be exercise for me. No. And especially now that I'm out of the days of carrying someone on my back, that that maybe I did pass that off as a little bit of exercise. But now, you know, they're running in front of me, they're running behind me, they're wherever. I have to separate that and say, like, that's not what this is. This is another thing. This is a chance for me to be totally disconnected from work, for me to be not cleaning up the kitchen, not, you know, texting someone about coordinating something for next week. It's just it's a different type of reset um, that I didn't even know was a thing I needed until we yeah. kind of started doing it. Yeah, I love that. And that actually leads right into the other question I wanted to ask, which is you mentioned some of them, but really what are these things that you do get out of it? Because for me, I agree. I think it's things that I didn't know I was needing until I made it a regular part of my life. This sounds sort of obvious, but I think that I didn't really realize that the way I love nature and find it to be a really important part of my life and my own mental health 
wasn't taken out of me by my parents and said, I think it's a natural innate part of being a human being, but I think it can be taken out of us by all the indoor spaces we occupy all the time um, and how separated we feel from, from wild nature. But my parents were always taking us places to not far, you know, places nearby to us, but the woods and camping and the beach and whatever. And that, that didn't happen by accident that I still have that really strong connection to it. And that watching my children fostering that connection brings me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, a, a joy I didn't know I needed. I love it. I love seeing it. I love seeing how comfortable they are being dirty, Mm -hmm. not worrying about dirt on their bodies or their clothes or their face or in their mouth (laughs) or wherever. Um, I love how comfortable they are touching bugs. I love how they see beauty in a rock and a, that we collect and carry all the way back to the car. I love how they um, know the names of the types of birds that we, that we see not because it was like forced upon them, but just we'd see that. And then what is that? And then we have a conversation and then we take a picture and we look at it later. So it's really given me the enjoyment of giving myself more time in nature and watching my children have that same comfort level and that same love that, has been an important part of my life. Yeah. I think that the uninterrupted time in nature for me, right? Like I love it for my kids too. And I agree with all of those points. And I think also they move their bodies in ways like these big body, like they're scrambling up rocks and doing things Mm -hmm. that they don't get to do at home. But for me, as a mom with very limited time, yeah, maybe I'll go on a hike or a run outside, but it's never more than an hour or, you know, maybe an hour and a half. But with the kids, I can be out in nature for three or four hours. And that is very different. It feeds me in a different way. I mean, my husband really makes fun of me every time I come back from one of these trips with the kids because I am lit up in a way Mm -hmm. and like feeling so peaceful yet energized and just feeling gratitude for the beauty all around us in a way that you can't get when you just are in nature for little tiny slices. And I will say too that something I get from it is obviously my kids need me there with them and you know I'm helping them with whatever and we're connecting and sometimes they want to include you in the game and sometimes they don't but it also gives you a break. I mean they aren't interested in in what you're (laughs) – what you're doing when they have that whole playscape of the woods or the beach or whatever. It's like, I don't know if this is going to make me sound like a lazy parent, but I'm actually fine with it. It's kind of like a way to be with them and feel like the quality of the time that you're together, but not be with them, not, not be answering every demand, needing another, this needing another, that someone's pulling my hair, someone's whatever it's you're together. They very much know you're there. You're disconnected from, you know, your phone and whatever, but you're not needed in that same way that can be really suffocating when you're in your house. And I know we've both said this before, but parenting outside is way easier than parenting inside. A hundred percent. It is the easiest parenting you can do. They're just so much more interested in nature than they are you engaging with them. And I Love it. A hundred percent. So it doesn't feel like you're working for that time. You get to relax and chill out and sit by a river and listen to it flowing by while your kids are doing whatever it is that they're doing. 
those are my main things too. Really, the laziness. <laughs> I mean, e- easiness of parenting. Let's say easiness. easy. We'll go with easy. The time and nature, and I also think there is a quality of being with your children that is separate from the demands that you have on you in the house, right? You can be present with them in a way that you can't when you have vacuuming to do, dinner to make, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And so like you were saying, you literally clear your schedule. Mm -hmm. By clearing your schedule and going out, you give yourself a break from all of those pressures that we feel when we're in the house too. Absolutely. It's just really good if you're not doing it, obviously. (laughs) We encourage you to do Give it. Give it a try. <laughs> and I also will say, like, as a final point on this part of the topic, I I know that not everyone, like moms, adults, parents, is as comfortable as we might be in nature. And I, I get that. I mean, if it isn't something you have had normalized for you your whole life, then it might feel intimidating. But I think even dabbling in it with your kids opening yourself up to the idea that you're going to come home a little bit wet, a little bit dirty, you're going to, you know, maybe get a little bit lost is an awesome practice for you to do that you will benefit from, but that your kids will also see you doing and see you growing in that way. And it will be honestly, like just parent in, in the outside, try it. Right. We're like schooling in the house. Now let's parent in the outside. I also need to bring up So my children are very different in their personalities. One of them, I won't name names. One of them is very like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. The other one is very much, I would like to stay at home. If you want to make me leave home, I will be unhappy about that. And so there is always some resistance that we face at the beginning. And I have another friend who also says like, there's just a major fight before they go out to do anything. But if you face that, that resistance fades away once we actually get out there. And sometimes that child will even say, I'm so glad we did this. It's not always going to be like, yeah, let's go. But then once they get out there, it is, yeah, let's go. They're always just so excited to be out there. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk briefly about the logistics because you do need some stuff to do You do. You do. Yeah. (laughs) What do you bring with you? You're in a very much colder climate in general than I am. Mm -hmm. So what do you bring with you? What do I bring? So we have definitely adopted the kind of Scandinavian Norwegian way of thinking that there's no, you know, bad weather. There's only the wrong clothes. Clearly, there's exceptions to that where I am a homebody. I will call it quits at some point. But there are truly options for rain, for snow, for any weather that's not like a dangerous weather that you can still have so much fun. And so we have kind of a just rotating Tupperware situation of what season clothes we're in. Sometimes those overlap and we gear up accordingly. Waterproof boots, waterproof pants, multiple mittens. I do suggest packing in extra mittens. That's going to, that's going to come up. Uh, And extra socks Mm. and everything. And I will add, like I also have children of different personalities. One is more reluctant to, really do anything. Do. <laughs> do. Do. Period. Uh, and we have just sort of like life hacked certain things for her to make things more comfortable. She also has more sensory sensitivities. So sometimes she will wear ski goggles on just a regular walk in the woods because it's a little windy. Or, you know, when she was a little younger, she had more like 
the sound of wind or waves was overwhelming and we'd put on earmuffs and it would help. So you do kind of have to guess and test and there will be swearing, sweating and crying from you, from adults, the parent and occasionally children um, to get to where you're kind of like, okay, this is what this one needs. This is what this one needs. This will make this a little easier. Honestly, 99.9% of the time, the outing is worth it beyond the, the weather gear. I can't, I can't say enough about snacks. Are we on the snacks portion yeah, yet? Yeah, let's talk about sex because it's not even snacks. I would say even if you literally just fed your kids lunch, you need to pack a full meal and snacks. At least. Yeah, I, I did. I do remember like earlier when in time when I hadn't had as much experience, I would say like, okay, we're eating lunch right now. Like fill up. Totally. Me too. Because we're leaving now and you're going to fill up and you're gonna not going to be hungry then doesn't work. It doesn't, it has nothing actually to do with it. No, you need to pack an entire full meal. Yep. And at least two additional snacks. You need a ton of snacks. Likely more. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same principle as taking a kid on the plane. There's, you don't need a toy. You don't need a book. You need so much food. You need a bag full of food. Yeah. And water. We need a lot of water. Food and water. We have a big like 64 ounce uh, Mm -hmm. water bottle that I fill and then they have their own small water bottles and that's usually what we bring and then I can fill their water bottles from mine. From the big one. Mm -hmm. Because they will inevitably run out. We're we're big on like granola bars, apples, bags of like little bags of cereal, sandwiches. All the snacks. (laughs) Anything you can really look around your kitchen and put in your bag, I would suggest to do. Yeah. It doesn't need to be fancy. And I will say that at, at a certain age, I guess it will depend on how you your family operates, like carrying your own bag. Um, obviously, I don't weigh down like a four-year-old with – but just a, just sort of as the idea to evolve it, like a smaller backpack with even just one thing in it to start as they get older and older because that's part of an all-day outdoor adventure. You have to have what you need and learning to carry it and learning how heavy it is for your mom. Mm-hmm is an important lesson. It is. Yeah. We also bring a plastic bag and toilet paper. Oh, my God. You're so advanced. My, because my children always have to poop when we yeah, go on Yeah, but, these. like, just, just drop it in the woods. No? Yeah. They don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. Plastic bag and toilet paper. Then you're always prepared. That has really allowed us to extend We're our We're really primitive. <laughs> woods poopers we we're doing it but we're just but you don't have toilet paper <sighs> listen Catherine. like I'm curious the people honestly, are curious i would way rather find a nice oak leaf and wipe someone's butt than carry dirty toilet paper back with me yeah i don't know i view it like i carry a dog poop bag when i walk my dog i'm carrying a dog poop bag i don't bring that i bring a i bring a bear spray and a knife. Is this too dark? No, that's good because I go out. We we have bears. We have mountain lions. And every time I get out there and I see my kids far ahead of me on the path, I'm always like, oh, I should have a first aid kit and a knife. And I have neither of those. We do. We do carry Band-Aids. So I guess your toilet paper weight is Band-Aids. I have a, a quart Ziploc bag full of them because you don't know what color someone needs. You don't know what character, but yeah, I do carry the bear spray. I've never had to use it. Is this going to dissuade anyone? No. Animals are more scared of us than we are of them. My kids are so loud. I feel like they're running away so far before we get there. 
We have gone on if we, in a few places we've been, um, you know, a few places we lived in Japan that were a little more remote. We did carry like a bare bell even to kind of announce ourselves, but we're not quiet. We're not sneaking up on anything. I don't think it will dissuade people. I think it's a good thing to be aware of and try not to be too fearful. Right? Like be prepared or more prepared than I am, clearly. Sure. But this might be a point to note that you're not an anxious person. I am not. And I am. And and we neither of us have ever seen a bear. Never. So. Never seen a bear out in nature. There was a bear in our street where we sure. live. So yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. And then I have a question that I'm so interested in your answer about. Actually, before that, I want to ask, how old were your kids when you felt like you got into a groove with this? When I felt like I got in a groove? Um, I think I was in a groove since my first one was an infant because that's an easier stage. I think it felt really approachable. They don't like the snack is your boob and, you know, they don't walk, but they were used to to going out since they were babies. So I think that helps. I think adding a second kid, it gives you, you need a minute. You're going to forget stuff. There's going to be a little bit more of a curve. I would say probably till my second was, you know, more mobile and walking and and that kind of thing. But I will say, fully honest, I did it anyway. Mm -hmm. Crying, me, again, me. Lots of sweating. I can't say enough about how much you'll sweat. <laughs> Even just getting them dressed. That's the main sweating. You have eight mittens on, so you are sweating. This is hilarious because on my list of like what, what I pack, I was like sunscreen. And then I tie... I tie an extra long sleeve shirt around my waist in case mm. one of my children gets cold. <laughs> mm, sure. We are coming up on summer, so there will be a small uh, right. phase of that. And then at that point, I would add to the le- to the packing list um, retroactively here, you know, bug spray, um, particularly in the area we are and probably where you are too, like with tick repellent. Um, we have no bugs. We have no bugs and no you don't ticks. Have ticks. No ticks. We got ticks. We have very few ticks. I hope that's not dissuading people, but but we do have like a bug spray with tick repellent, and we have yeah, a sunscreen could come into play, but honestly, not really, and a hat. <laughs> yes, all of those. Yeah, I would say with my kids, uh, we also did it even when they were young enough that it made it less fun. But right. I, but the other thing about doing that is that they would surprise me so often where, you know, we were, were in the RV. Wes was two and a half when we started at that. And so we would be pushing it, like going to places and, and asking them to go further than they'd ever gone before. Mm-hmm. And as long as they are engaged and having fun and making up some game along the way, they would often surprise me at how far they would go. Mm-hmm before the breakdowns occurred. And then I really feel like once they got to like three and a half or four and six, those two ages together, then it's just golden. They literally just have an amazing time. Absolutely. And and honestly, putting the work in in those hard years makes up for itself because they are already so used to it and you're already used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I posted something on Instagram recently we went out somewhere and they were up on this rock and it was such this amazing moment where I wasn't worried about them killing themselves. Those are special moments. (laughs) They are when you're like, they're big enough that they're not going to fling themselves off the edge of that cliff. And I don't have to worry about that. Okay. So this, this question, 
I'm just curious. I think your our answers will be the same. Okay. So you do this by yourself with the kids. You also do it with your husband and the kids. Like on weekends, you guys will sure. go out as a family. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer? All together or just you and the kids? <laughs> no, no. No, thank you. He's a nice person. But I do prefer to go just us. Oh, is that bad? No, that's 100% my answer as well. So let's talk about why. It's not because it's not fun or that it's not enjoyable with him. It is. But I do kind of feel like it's like the special thing I have with my kids. He has other different special activities that they love doing with him. And I just feel like this is a strength of mine. I think I have like a certain level of patience for the outdoor adventure. I like to go farther. I can tolerate a little bit longer. I have like a system, the packing system, the snacks, the backpack, the whatever. Um, and I think it's just like a really cool thing to have for me and my kids that this is what our mom, this is what mom does with us. And, you know, now obviously we're in sort of a special time period where people's work schedules are different, but even so, you know, he's working from home. He could be flexible. He could come with us, but still I'll just sort of say, you know what? You don't have to, you know what you, you do. Your work is very important. Please, please keep doing, I don't want to interrupt you and we'll just throw our stuff in the bag and get in the car and head out. And it gives him some time to do, you know, it's very important work that he needs to do. Very important. Cannot be interrupted. I feel the exact same way. I think for us that it is one, again, it's fun when we all do it together too. But my husband and I have very different paces and relationships to time Mm. in that my husband always feels time pressure literally like all throughout the day and I I especially when we go out on these things I really am able to let go that sense of time pressure so I'm fine if we stay someplace for 30 minutes I don't feel like okay talk is ticking let's keep going let's move on and he does so I like that I am more in control of the pace when it's just us and I do think that there is something about being the only parent there Mm -hmm. makes it Mm -hmm almost easier in everything in many ways. Yeah. And I I think to be fair to my husband, it's not like he's not helpful or that it's not fun, but I think not to get too deep on and dark on gender roles here, but there are ways in our marriage where the default is that I'm like rules and organization and he's like fun. It just happens. Even when we're both trying to, to not let that happen, it just does. It defaults that way. Like often, Whereas when I'm the only parent, I'm all the things. I'm fun and I'm carrying the snacks. Right. I remembered the things you need and look at this adventure we're on. So it kind of gives me the ability to step into all those roles that I that I do occupy, but makes it clearer that like this isn't some sort of line where one person's fun and one person's keeping us all alive. Yeah. And it allows you to be fun in a way that doesn't have to be throwing your kids around in your living room, which who actually thinks that's fun? No mother. Or like playing figures where you have to be like a voice. Oh my God. No, that's not fun. Torture. (laughs) That is not fun at all. I thought that was going to be your answer. I'm glad it was. Glad I was right. But I wanted to bring that up because I think also if you as a mom have done this with your significant other and maybe it was like, okay, right. Try it yourself. And it could be amazing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let that be your thing. Yeah, it's my thing. It's my thing, too. The easiest thing. Well, it's very sweaty, but like I said, there's deodorant, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is all I really had for today for us to talk about. Do you have anything you want to add? Did we miss anything? I don't think we did. I think it's I think it's great you're having this conversation. I think people are intimidated by the idea of being alone, being outside, not having control. But the whole point is to not have control. So once you once you kind of move to that stage, it's a huge opportunity and it's really, really fun. It really is. And for me, I think it was doing this with my kids that opened me up more to going out on long solo hikes by myself too, because I just, I felt that I could do it. I I got this efficacy of, oh, I know how to do this with them. And it's so much easier with myself. And that's even better. Like going by myself. That's a whole different podcast. (laughs) It is. We won't talk about that now. But yes, I would encourage anybody who hasn't, even if it's just going out to the park for a few hours with no agenda, give it a try no agenda. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming to talk about this. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Rise Rooted. You can find all the links mentioned in today's show at our website, brbyoga.com, as in be right back. And if you're looking for support to heal your post-baby body, please head to our website. There you'll find our courses for core, pelvic floor, and hip health, as well as free masterclasses and blog posts designed to teach you how to feel your best in your post-baby body. And yes, that even applies to you if you had your baby 30 years ago. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or posting a screenshot of today's episode to Instagram. Doing so makes my day and helps other moms find the show. Thanks so much for being here. Till next time.